the love that we're talking about, gambling everything for love, is that fullest expression of limitless possibility. It's not about reinforcing ways to hide out with each other. And so it calls forth all of these older survival strategies that don't serve the love that we're talking about. Welcome to The Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach. And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, we keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside the health, security, and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Art of We podcast, episode number 59. Today's topic is gambling everything for love, which if you are familiar with our show, you've probably heard us talk about taking commitments and turning them into vows for our marriage, 24 vows all in. And this is one of those. This is probably, what would you say, Krista, is this the one of the key ones? Well, it certainly was one that came to us early on in our relationship because we had both come from relationships, I think, where we weren't really practicing this commitment. And so it was especially relevant early days, but I would say that it continues to keep us tracking if we're really standing for the kind of love that we believe is possible in our hearts inside of our current landscape. I think early on it came because we were sharing about different kinds of struggles or challenges we had in past relationships. And the concept of actually gambling everything or risking everything for the kind of love that we both wanted in our lives. And if we weren't willing to risk or take risks in order to get that, then we would probably end up in less than satisfactory relationships. Right. Is that how you remember it? Yeah. I think as far as past relationships go, I will just say that the awakening in me that I wanted a secure functioning partnership in my life and a stable home base from which I could really express myself completely and fully in the world was something that awakened in me over years. And the pursuit of clarity there ended the relationship I was in because the partner I was with didn't want the same things I wanted. So I think I was beginning to practice gambling everything for love in my life before I met you. And that this stand that I took that I was going to run after an experience that I'd read about and seen glimpses of around me led me to a clarity that prepared me for some of the gambles that we've taken for love in our relationship. Yeah. Well, if you want to go tit for tat, I thought about the, the, <laughs> the concept way before you did. Would you like to start over? <laughs> no. I, I, <laughs> I was just talking about how it originated inside of our partnership, the gambling, everything, everything for love. But I think that what you're pointing to is that both of us in some form were already preparing ourselves to have the actual kind of relationship we wanted because in some way we weren't, you weren't calling it gambling everything for love before we met. I wasn't calling it gambling everything for love before I met you, but we were both on a journey of 
really wanting a particular type of relationship. And the conversation at our first date, both of us really wanting to have a relationship that was of service. You know, we became very clear about the kind of relationship I think we wanted when we first met. I think it was, you know, once we get into the relationship and I think that's where it gets more tricky is you have to walk your talk and you need to actually put these things into action. Like, for example, I think one of the harder things for me inside of relationship has been and continues to be on some level is to really stand for my needs inside of a relationship because I am the type of person who has a tendency to continually track outside needs for others or what's around me and those kinds of needs. And so I know and I knew back then if I wasn't going to bring myself forward and my needs forward, then I would just end up in a relationship where I'm waking up in the mornings going like, how did we get to this place? How did we get to a place where I don't feel alive? I don't feel connected to my partner and those kinds of things. Yeah. Which is where you get to when you're not standing for your own needs or in that sense, gambling everything for love. Yeah. And being willing to risk the areas that feel really scary to me historically and currently that I'm afraid you might go away or you might not like what you see, or you may not be able to tolerate something. And so then I stuff those things down or I minimize them, but then we're not in a really actually true dance with each other, a true relationship with each other. Right. So the fear for you that comes up is in reallocating some of your attention to your own needs and maybe paying, being less vigilant about the needs of the system. Yeah, that's definitely a big one. I think I've also had past relationships end because of, or at least create a lot of friction because of things that I wanted to do out in the world. And the stand for those things caused ripples or disagreements or painful conversations that, you know, the smaller parts of me are like, okay, we're not doing that again. <laughs> like, let's not go there. Let's just stuff them down and pretend like they don't exist. So we don't have to have the same kind of painful experience. I'm curious, and we've been together now six years, and I'm wondering if there are any places you're aware of that you're afraid to prioritize something you need or, or needs that you have in our we at this point. I think it's a great question, and I think that I don't consciously have anything that I'm aware of, but I, I'm pretty suspect that there are unconscious things because of how painful it's been in the past when I've brought particular things forward that are really meaningful to me or really important to me and that feel vulnerable. So I have a suspicion, but I'm doing my best to stay conscious of those when I can. And, you know, the work that we do with our couples therapist is really helpful to uncover some pieces that show up for us on a continual basis. But, you know, I think our stand that there's a really particular kind of relationship that we want to have from my view, and I want to check this with you to see if this is still how it resonates for you. Because the beauty of going into these vows on this podcast is that we get to actually have a review of where we're at and we're both still aligned. And I think that we are, but it's really about the, if we're not giving the relationship the opportunity to see what it's got by bringing these things forward when we're conscious of them or really working the unconscious parts, if we're not actually doing that work, then we don't actually know what our relationship is capable of. Like if I just sat here and had a story of like, oh, Will's not going to, he's never going to be aligned with that or Will's just the way he is in this area, but I'm not bringing myself forward and we're not addressing those things together, then I should be taking responsibility for a limited 
type of relationship because I'm not addressing them with you, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah, I, th I think it's worth saying that the willingness, it's a leap of faith, right? It's a leap toward the unknown to bring something forward that you're afraid might cause a rupture. And when I think about your desires and wishes and ways you want to express yourself professionally, for example, or out in the world, there are younger parts of me that would be raising questions about what does this mean about your care for me or what if you're not around or what if I miss you or who's going to take care of the dogs if you're not here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think I'm bringing this up to say that it's real. You know, the concerns about like, how's this going to go are not completely imaginary, right? There's a process that is necessary to stretch the relationship to accommodate a new desire or a new goal, a new need. And that can be hard. It can be difficult to navigate those waters together. Yeah. And I'm curious about you and your journey with this agreement to turn vow, how it's been for you. And what would you say if there's anywhere that you feel like you really get challenged inside of our partnership with this commitment? I think that the places that I was just talking about in myself that like to have you around all the time and like to have your questions and your attention on me, your care for me, feel really nourished by that, that you bring to me. There's a version of gambling everything for love on my side of the we that involves me leaning into more reciprocity and fairness and equity in our relationship where I feel like I am able to step up to the bar that I feel like you set really high in the way that you care for me. And I haven't had that kind of challenge before in relationship and it's really beautiful and it helps me grow into a better partner and a better human being, a more generous person to have to face in myself the younger, maybe more wounded parts that want to hog all of the attention and the care and the nourishing that you are so generous with. Well, it also sounds like you need those things and potentially maybe it's a new experience inside of our relationship of getting some of those needs met and really standing for those needs to get met because you need them. So that would be also like, you know, part of it too is like, hey, I need, I need these in order to thrive or in order to do this thing or to feel really close to you. So I want to validate the needs there. That's true. That's definitely true. I, I definitely need that nourishment and and I receive that with so much gratitude. And, and what I'm talking about is like the extra, which probably comes from growing up with a sister of not wanting to share. <laughs> 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 not wanting to share all the care. Well, thank you for all of that. And why don't we take a quick break and then when we come back, we can share more tangible daily practices that we use to live into this, this vow. Does that sound good? Sounds great. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements, agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. 
These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple, and they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. You can download this free gift at kristavanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. Thanks in advance. And now back to the episode. Welcome back. Before we get into the nitty gritty daily details of how we actually put this into practice, besides what we've named so far, I just want to say that one of the important practices for any couple, I think, is to really take a moment or many moments to envision what kind of partnership you want your partnership to be and the possibility of your partnership. Because I think that the reason why this vow keeps us moving forward is because we're also looking at what's possible for our relationship and not just what it is today. So if you don't stand for that possibility, it's probably not going to happen. So I'm just encouraging people to really think about that. And I think for you and I, well, we you know, it's this time, actually this time of year, actually the conversation we had this morning around where are we in alignment and different things? Where are we not? What, we, what do we need to iron out? It's actually a really great time of year to envision relationship possibility. And from my perspective, we never stop growing as a couple and we will never stop growing. And so if you hold that perspective, then obviously there's going to be more possibility. So just want to put a plug in for that. Yeah. I'm glad you zoomed out there. I think it's I want to add something to that. And we've said this before in previous episodes, but having a limitless partnership or a partnership that supports the full expression of both individuals and also the entity that we call the we, that is almost like a a third entity with one strand of DNA from each person, maybe has its own desires and its own personality to be able to keep living into that day after day, year after year. Gambling everything for love is a kind of tactic for running after that. And as you said, there's no finish line. It's a continual unfolding. And also want to say that the love that we're talking about, gambling everything for love, is that fullest expression of limitless possibility. And so it's not about reinforcing ways to hide out with each other. And so it calls forth all of these older survival strategies that don't serve the love that we're talking about. Right. So well articulated. And I think survival strategies is exactly what we're working with on a daily basis in some form about how to, how to not get stuck in those. I think about another vow of ours, which is to see each other with fresh eyes. This is probably one of the hardest because I forget to see you with fresh eyes. And seeing each other with fresh eyes, it's like if I'm stuck in my filters about you, like I was saying earlier, like Will's this way or he's that way or he's not going to agree with that. Or if I get stuck in those, then I keep you static as a static being. And if I'm not addressing the filters with you or working them to create a new story between us, then I'm holding us back in our relationship from my perspective. So that's, that's one thing is if I'm noticing that I have a filter about you, it's really important for me to bring that forward and work it. And I think we do that in different ways. We do it in couples therapy. We do it when we wake up to realizing that we're stuck somewhere. Yeah. And 
these filters are not only static versions of each other that, you know, from the past inside of our relationship, obviously they're very much informed by our original attachment patterning from childhood. And for my side, I want to share a little bit of just the example of one of the things I've learned about myself is that I learned pretty young to assign myself worth based on what I could do. And it took me a while to figure out that putting myself in that situation means that having needs from other people through that lens becomes a problem because having a need distracts you from doing the things that you get to feel good about yourself. And so in order to gamble everything for love here with you has some of it has involved me leaning into what needs do I have and am I brave enough to slow down and see what the need is and then to articulate that to you. So that could be a version of gambling everything for love for the Enneotype threes in the audience. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that can be really scary for a person who thinks that they're going to be validated by what they do is to actually express a need. And so, you know, for you, the listeners who are listening, if there's a place where you feel scared, it's a good pointer towards where there might be limitation in your relationship currently, or maybe a better said, an opportunity to explore. I should say that. Yeah. An opportunity. Yeah. And follow the thread of fear to the opportunity. I think in part, gambling everything love for me is listening to the small internal voice and giving it a little bit more room to express itself. Because often that's where I find some gems that are either living in me or I'm tracking something potentially in you that I'm scared of or something like that, that if I'm not careful, I could just step right over the, the little voice or the little concern. So for me, it's giving that more room so I can bring it forward instead of stuffing it down and then waking up, you know, a few months or years later and not being very happy that I didn't bring those things forward. Yeah, I think this is a this is a big one where I'm sure many people listening can relate to the vulnerability that many of us feel when we get in touch with something that feels uncomfortable inside of ourselves or it's a need that we have that maybe just begins to bubble up and we don't know how our partner's going to respond if we bring it forward and, you know, we might worry about how we bring it forward and we might, you know, as you said, suppress it or push it down. And, you know, obviously things that we suppress and push down get interest added to them. And you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. there's, <laughs> there's going to be a bill to pay in the future. You can guarantee that. I know. So, um, you can pay now or you can pay more later. <laughs> so you might as well. <laughs> pay that credit card bill. <laughs> totally. It reminds me of something that, that happens and it keeps happening. It's getting better, but it keeps happening when you go away at times and you're going to some event that is like really exciting. And I'm not going for whatever reason that when you're away, I can get into this kind of like FOMO or you're doing things that I'm not doing some sort of like teenage kind of like experience. And I notice it coming up and I'm like, why is it here again? I don't want it to be here. I don't even want to address it. And like afraid of how it's going to be received. And fortunately, I keep bringing it. We keep working it and it gets better. Whatever this part of me is that's afraid of missing out or 
you being disinterested when you come back and me or something like that. Like we need to keep working these pieces. What I really want to do is I want to just be like, Krista, don't say anything. I don't want to bring this up. I don't want to even think about it. I don't want Will to know about it. But I do know that that's not going to go where we want it to go. Like you're saying, there's going to be a high level of interest to pay in the end. Well, that's a great example because I would be feeling exactly the same way. And I have, you know, when you go to an offsite and coach executives and I mean, we've had these experiences where I feel very tender and kind of like, oh, Krista's got some big project she's working on that is more important than me right now or, you know, whatever the younger perspectives are that feel just really bad, right? It's like, I don't want to be a burden to you. I don't want to have a need. So that's the irony is that we can have these experiences that if we suppress them, we don't even realize that our partner could very much relate to the experience we're having, right? Right. Right. It's like a universal theme of like, oh, I don't want to be left behind or be the second best thing after this shiny object that's now here or whatever. <laughs> totally. Totally. And with the agreement and the vow of gamble everything for love, it gives a part that part of me permission to be like, okay, it might be hard for Will to handle this emotion or feeling or challenge I'm bringing, but this is part of our makeup is that this is actually what we're doing together is that we're working these pieces so we can go to the next level of partnership and love together. There's always something to look at. So it's a fun vow that can, uh, that definitely is not a boring vow to contemplate because it, it brings forward things that anybody would be afraid to share with their partner. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another way to that we put this in practice is tracking each other when we feel off or it seems like a partner's not bringing something forward is that we're really trying to support the person in bringing forward with whatever they need to bring forward. And I think that's an important part of this vow too, is tracking each other and leaning in and risking we might get into a process or we might hear something we don't like or X, Y, Z. Yeah. We might encounter defensiveness when we bring our curiosity. <laughs> yeah. That's not very fun, but yeah, totally. <laughs> that might happen. What about you, Will? Are there any areas where you feel like you're putting this into practice? In real time. I think another place that it comes up for me with you is, and we've talked about this a lot, not so much on the podcast, but this tendency I have when I'm around anybody I care about, but it comes up a lot here is scanning for distress in your face. And it's a version of gambling everything for love is actually asking the question of, are you feeling distressed? Mm. It's similar to what you were just sharing, but if I don't ask about a perception I have, then I'm not gambling everything for love because I'm I'm hiding out in my story that fits into my childhood attachment pattern. Right. My mom is upset. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help her. And I'm gonna go watch Alabama football. <laughs> which is happening which is actually playing during this recording. And I want to give you props for prioritizing the recording because that says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's much better for my nervous system to be doing this than, than that. Yeah. One area that I would love from you, if you feel like this would be an area that I feel like would be a part of gambling everything for love is to giving me more feedback about 
what you don't like specifically. I feel like, I don't know, like I feel like I'm the one who's often being like giving you feedback about how you could do things differently. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I need a lot of uh, training. <laughs> no, I don't but... think I... <laughs> I don't think you need as much as I do. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But like, I mean, just little things like leaving your coffee bar stuff out on the counter. Like there's, just, you know, there's like a lot of things that I feel like, I mean, that's a form of feedback is, hey, I mean, I guess it's a request. I would appreciate it if you would put that away. But there's also just a feeling of me expressing more of the things I don't like, I guess, than I feel like you're expressing to me. I'm curious if that feels true for you. If it feels true to me that you express more of what you don't like than I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's true. And I think that the things that you say to me are valid, you know, like the coffee bar or whatever, the other, you know, leaving a used Kleenex on the counter or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> You're pretty easy to live with. There aren't a lot of things that you do that sort of interfere with my preferences or routines. But I could, I could look. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I would love to hear. I mean, if you have it, if they're in there, I would love to hear about them. And I think that you do do a good job of when we rupture and I say something to the effect of, how would you have liked me to say that? I think you do a good job of sharing in those moments, like the more relational feedback. Mm -hmm. But I, I guess I just want to invite if there's other ways of my being or relating to you or how we do are we that you haven't said. I'm just wanting to invite that. That feedback. I think it's such an important part of gambling everything for love is is tracking either what we don't like or what we want more of or some sort of form of that. Well, I think one piece that we're working on and that I've given you feedback about is bringing yourself forward more in our conversations. And it's a shared responsibility that we take with each other. So I'm not meaning to portray that this is only your responsibility, but one of the things that we work with every day as a couple is the equity and fairness in how much we share about each other's internal experience and hopes and dreams and goals. And there's more, I think, fear of rupture in you from oversharing than I, I don't feel that fear of rupture from oversharing and you do. So we're working on um, inviting you to be more revealed and to take more time. Yeah. It's, a, it's definitely an edge. So we're working on it. <laughs> Great. Anything else that you want to share on your side before we wrap this one? I don't think so. I would love to hear from our listeners if this vow resonates and if you do notice places where you're holding out or not gambling everything for love, not sharing the vulnerable or the difficult or the scary thing with your partner. We invite you to give it a shot and let us know how it goes. Oh, that would be amazing. I would so love to hear about that. Another part of that I would just add is to really take the time to investigate your own self to see if there are areas or where there are areas that you want to bring forward. Because I think so often, if we're not taking time the time to look, they can get missed. And also, what possibility do you see for your partnership or what possibilities see for love that's not currently living in your partnership and give your partnership an opportunity to meet that. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next time. See you next time. 
Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow this show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. If this show has sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Art of We Podcast. And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together, like butter and toast on the Art of We.